Well, hey, we're so glad that you're here with us tonight at Alive. For those of you that may not know me, my name is Leah, and I have the honor and privilege of being a worship director. I couldn't even talk. Worship director and a leader here. And um, yeah, I'd love to meet you if I haven't met you yet. But um, yeah, we're going to worship Jesus tonight. And I'm so excited. Um, this weekend, God did some amazing things, but I believe that he has even greater things to do here tonight. So I'm going to pray before we get started. I'm going to just invite the Lord. Oh, Jesus, you're so worthy of our praise. And I thank you for bringing our family here tonight. Guys, specifically, just thank you for bringing our sister McKenna here tonight, God. Yes, come on. Yeah, God, I just thank you that you are a miracle-working father. And I thank you just for your provision and your hand on her life, God. And um, just thank you that we're a family that worships together in spirit and in truth. And, um, yeah, God, we just give this night to you and we say, have your way, Jesus. Do what only you can do. In your beautiful name, we pray. Amen. Let's worship. Sing it out. Who can stop the Lord? Oh. 
the Lord Almighty, lift it up. Who can stop the Lord Almighty? Who can stop the Lord Almighty? Who can stop the Lord Almighty? Sing it out, come on. Who can stop the Lord invite him, invite his love tonight. There's not much that can change things, but the love of God changes everything. So invite him.
on the screen, but I feel like we're supposed to sing this one more time. Give me faith to trust what you said. You're good. That you're good. And your love is great. I'm broken inside. And I'll give you my life. Oh, sing it one more time. Thank you for your amazing love. Lord, I just thank you that in every season you are faithful. 
even when our eyes can't see it, God, you're always faithful. So I pray that you just meet us even deeper tonight. Thank you that you give us faith to trust in what you say and what you speak to us. I pray for our brother Ryan right now, God. Just bless him as he speaks tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You guys can have a seat. Thanks for worshiping with us. To us down a little bit more. Thanks. What's up, everyone? Thanks for coming out. Can we give the worship band a round of applause, please? Well, hey, before we start, uh, if I haven't met you, my name is Ryan. I'm blessed to be the college pastor here. But before we start, um, I just wanted to welcome up our dear sister McKenna. Can we give her a round of applause? Uh, if you guys don't know, um, McKenna in an accident, and uh, we've just been praying for her, and this is her first alive back. I think you've yes. missed three or four, and yes. man, just so thankful to have you back. Yes. Well, hi, guys. Thank you so much for praying. You guys are truly mighty prayer warriors, and I'm so thankful to be back, but I'm very blessed. You know, I've had an amazing recovery with unbelievable healings, and today I got off a mighty big cast and now I just have a splint. I broke my wrist during the accident and my bladder like burst open pretty bad. So it was pretty bad. But after the x-rays today, I get to have my catheter removed on Friday. So I'm so thankful for that. Yes. And yeah. And the doctors have just been so amazing and I just really appreciate you guys praying. I went to the my eye doctor, I call him, because I got some pretty bad scars and wounds from my eye and my nose, and they think I'm going to have a full recovery and that it should be great, so I just really appreciate it, and I'm so glad to be back, so thank you so much for praying for me. Love you guys. Awesome. Thank you, McKenna. No problem. Hey, would you just, would you just mind praying us in? Yeah, I feel like of you're course. supposed to pray us in, even though Leah just did. But. Okay. Awesome, Father, we just thank you for this time together. We just ask that you come and move in our hearts in immense ways tonight, God. I'm going to speak to Ryan through Ryan. I'm so excited to hear more about this amazing series, The Real Stuff, God. Because you're real and you're the God of miracles. So, God, I just ask that you come, protect us. And just speak to us in a real way, God. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Love you, sis. Love Thank you. you. Well, what's up, everyone? As McKenna said, I try to focus right here. Um, we are in a series called The Real Stuff, and where we're looking at real, hard life questions. Um, sorry if I'm not my normal, energetic self. Uh, I've come down with the flu. Uh, yesterday and have uh, been pretty sick, so so thankful for our leadership team uh, that set everything up, and I just got here about probably uh, like 7.45, so <laughs> that's the first time I've ever come that late, um, but uh, wanted to be here with you guys and knew God had just a cool message to share, so we're, as we've been looking at tough questions, if, everyone, if anyone was here last week, you guys know we had an awesome message by Mike and Julie where we looked at what is the true meaning of sex. 
Um, if you weren't here, uh, make sure to check that out on the podcast because, man, there was so much great truth and revelation in that. Uh, my phone was blowing up like, when is the podcast going to be up? So we do have a podcast uh, through the iTunes app store, and you can also get that on our newsletter. But So today we are going to be kind of looking at the next, uh, this next couple of weeks, kind of different aspects of relationships. So today we're going to be looking at singleness and dating, and then the next two weeks uh, we're going to be looking at marriage. Then next week we're looking at uh, the gift of marriage, kind of how does God ordain marriage, how does God bring people together, and the beginning of marriage. Uh, Austin Juno and, and Lexi Juno are going to come speak and share. They're our middle school pastors, so we're real excited for that. And then the week after Thanksgiving break, we're looking at, well, how do we have a prosperous marriage with our spouse and with God? And our senior pastors, Hap and Diane Lehman, are going to come and share and co-preach together. So we're really excited uh, kind of what the Lord's going to share in the series. But today, um, I wanted to share about singleness and dating. And first of all, I just want to say I am no expert in this <laughs> at all. Um, but I believe I have learned some life lessons throughout my journey. And I really just wanted to kind of share a little bit of my story and what God has taught me through the different seasons in, in my life. And my prayer and my hope is that it relates to your journey wherever you're at and whatever season you're at. So you guys cool to kind of let me get a little vulnerable and kind of sh story time with Rye? Does that sound good? Awesome. If it doesn't, you can just leave, I guess. So sorry about your luck because that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> right, Paul? Please don't leave. But... um. Well, hey, I just wanted to start off, um, and I've actually, I'm really excited to speak on this. I've actually never kind of shared this, but, um, you know, kind of my journey with, with dating is I, uh, I was single a lot of my life. My first girlfriend I can remember was in fourth grade. Um, <laughs> I, I, won't say, I won't say her name, just some, somehow she hears this, but that was actually when I had my first kiss. And uh, I remember we kissed at recess, and I got all scared that the principal was going to find out. And, and I thought I was, you know, so cool because I had a first kiss before a lot of my friends. And, um, and I just remember from a very young age, I grew up with a single mom. My mom and dad were never married. They were high school sweethearts, went to college, and then I happened. So I'll, I'll spare you the details on that. But <laughs> and uh, they never got married. And I actually have no memory of them ever being together. Uh, I'm blessed to, to have both of them in my life. But um, no memory of them being together. And so I remember from a very young age having this hope that when I find a girlfriend, when I have that, that special girl in my life, I will be complete. Um, I, I Growing up, I don't even know when it started. But so much of my identity was placed in finding that person. I don't know if it was because all the Disney movies I watched or, you know, Lion King, Nala and Simba or, you know, Aladdin, you know, and Aladdin and Jasmine or whatever. All, you know, but something was planted in me that when I find that girl, I will be complete. I will be happy. That's when I'll really, truly begin to start living life. And I think that that lie or that truth um, kind of guided me a lot of, for a lot of my life until really, truly finding Christ. And so I had a girlfriend in fourth grade. Um, I do. I, ended up, I, I forget why, but I ended up breaking up with her in fifth grade. Um, <laughs> I remember one time being at the pool, the city pool with my mom, and she came up to my mom and said she still liked me. And my mom was trying to, like, talk me into getting back together with her, but I didn't like her. Um, <laughs> I forget why, but um, 
But I remember my next girlfriend was, I was then kind of single until seventh grade. And I remember my next girlfriend was in seventh grade. <laughs> I actually, it seems like I dated a lot for the, the early life, but then there was a big, long gap where I didn't. Um, and uh, I remember I, I dated this girl, her name, yeah, I won't say her name, but, um, <laughs> but I remember like truly thinking I was in love with her. Like, I remember uh, the movie Wedding Singer came out around that same age with Adam Sandler, and I would just, like, sing the songs from that movie about her, and I remember I, I was, like, in love with her. I thought she was so cool, and truly, I was like, man, now my life is complete. I'm complete. And probably a month later, we only dated for, like, a month, and she ended up breaking up with me. And uh, I remember truly, like, being heartbroken, like... As a seventh grader, like, I, I was just, like, depressed, like, no joke, cried my eyes out. Uh, there was a song in The Wedding Singer that was, like, because if you've seen that movie, he got, like, cheated on and broken up with. And he sang, you know what I'm talking about, Joshua, and I would sing that and just, like, sob. True story. Um, and, like, as a seventh grader, you're like, dang, dude, that's pretty, like, deep and emotional, <laughs> you know. And, like, I had put all my identity and hope in her. So I literally put, like, my self-worth in someone else's hands, and she broke it, you know? And so I was shattered. I didn't know what else to do, what else to have. My, my, I was trying to find the perfect one to define me. My, my definition of who Ryan Otto was was who I was with. Can any of you relate to that? Have any of you been there? Maybe not that young. <laughs> But it was, it was scary, and it hurt. And after that, um, honestly, I didn't really date much. I had a, a couple little things in, you know, high school. But after that, I was so afraid of dating again. It almost paralyzed me because I didn't want to be hurt like that again. And I remember being in high school and not, not bragging. But I was really popular, and girls liked me. But I would always put my hope in almost, and I would like the girl that I knew I didn't have a chance with. It was almost like I was trying to earn approval or gain recognition. And even though I didn't date a lot, uh, <laughs> there's a Biggie Small song called uh, I'm Not a Player, I Just Crush a Lot. <laughs> I don't know if any of you know that song, some of you. <laughs> um, yep, I just said that, Kundai. Shelby, you know that song. <laughs> but I, I felt like that, I felt like that kind of defined me because I always would be crushing on someone. Like, I might not be dating a lot of girls, but, you know, Tuck, you know what I'm talking about, bro. There's always someone in the radar we're praying or thinking about, right? <laughs> man, I was just, I was, there was always someone, man, like, oh, if I could be with her, I get to know her, you know, then I'll be complete. And so I, I was single, but there was always something I was trying to achieve. And again, like, I remember just, like, if I, I liked this girl in high school, and I never even had the courage to tell her, but I would just, like, you know, my whole identity was wrapped up in her. And again, like, I daydream about her and think about her through movies and music, like, listen to music. And, you know, like, I was just never happy if I wasn't with her. And I look back, and I think it was God protecting me, but a lot of awesome girls liked me. A lot, I had a lot of great memories in high school, but I never enjoyed it because I never felt like my life was complete unless I was with this one person. And again, if you notice, you're, you're noticing a pattern here. I kept putting my identity my worth and who I was in who liked me or who else defined me. 
I was a shell of a person. I didn't know who I was on the inside. And I was looking out of insecurity and fear for someone else to show me that. I remember someone once told me that no one else can truly love you if you don't first love yourself. And I think along the same lines, no one else can truly know you if you don't truly know yourself. I didn't know myself. I was afraid to be real. I was afraid to be me. I put on a mask and was just acted like other people wanted me to act. Because I wasn't comfortable in my own skin. Can any of you relate to that? So then fast forward, I went through college and I got saved when I was 21, when I was in college. And I gave my life to Jesus. I was always a believer, but not really a belonger. He came, I went to a college ministry, young adult ministry, much like this. And um, after the service, we would have prayer time. And one time someone got up there and they had a special prayer call for anyone who wanted to ask Jesus into their life. And I thought just going to church was good enough. And um, I realized that there was a relationship and a friendship with Jesus that I didn't really have. I knew about him, but I didn't know him personally. And I wanted to give my whole life to him. And so I asked him into my heart, and he came into my heart in a, in a radical way. Um, and after that, I, I graduated from college, and I actually went to seminary. Um, and it was during seminary where um, a couple girls started liking me again. And I was like, all right, I haven't dated in a while. Uh, maybe I can try this thing out. I'm saved now. I have Jesus in my life. Now it'll look a lot different, right? I won't have my identity in them because I have my identity in him. And, but I realized through a couple small things, uh, I dated a couple girls for like two or three weeks, and then I broke up with them all. <laughs> um, there was three girls I broke up with, uh, literally an expand, an expand of six months. And I realized again, okay, there's something else wrong with me again. <laughs> I'm a spectrum guy, so if I'm on this end of the spectrum, I jump to this end of the spectrum. And usually God wants me to, wants me to, to learn about the radical middle. And so this time, I wasn't looking for that person to define me, but I was living out of a fear of not getting it right. Since I, had, since I had stumbled and messed up, I was living out of a fear of I wanted to be in God's perfect will. So I was like, Lord, let, let me know who you want me to be with. And if there was any sense of trouble, any sense of non-peace, man, if she swore or did anything, I was like, peace. <laughs> like, like, like I was so afraid of making mistakes like I used to or falling into mistakes in my parents where I was just, again, living out of a place of fear, a different kind of fear, but it was still fear. And so do you see how I jumped from here to here? <laughs> and so um, at this time in my life, I'm, I'm praying about what to do after seminary, and I feel like the Lord calls me to do this thing called the world race where you go to 11 countries in 11 months. And I was like, you know what, if God's calling me to go on this world race, I just think, like, I just shouldn't date. Because, again, even though I didn't have a lot of girlfriends throughout my life, there was always someone in the radar. There's always someone I'm thinking about or crushing on or talking to. And I was like, man, I just, like, need to embrace my singleness. My whole life when I was single, I didn't want to be single. I tried not to be single. <laughs> have you ever met someone or have you yourself ever wanted something more than you should like have you ever met someone that like or or you i've been this way where you, you you just want something almost so bad it's not healthy like a friend a job um a starting position on your your team 
like, like, I don't know, you know, maybe you like someone, like, more than you should, and you're like, whoa, like, <laughs> like I know you're friendly, but whoa, like, like there, that there was other things attached to it. Because even when we meet our spouses and we fall in love, like, they don't define us, guys. Like, and, and you can pick up when someone is putting something on you more than they should. You can pick up when their identity and their hope and their neediness of attention is in you more. And whether it's a girlfriend or boyfriend or even a friend or, or even like, you know, if you guys are, are working jobs, you can tell when people come to those jobs and just need that recognition, re- need that acceptance, need that attention more than they should. You probably have seen that in people and probably felt bad for them because they don't even know it. Well, I was like that. And so I was like, you know what, I just, I just need to just be content with knowing who Ryan Otto is. I need to be content in my singleness because I spent my whole life trying to get out of it. And so I wanted to ask you guys a question. Whatever season you're in right now, whether you're single, whether you're dating, whether you want to be dating or you're dating and you want to be single, <laughs> are you content in the season that you're in? I feel like that's the question that the Lord put on my heart today as I was preparing for this. Are we content in all circumstances? Because life is a life of seasons. In Ecclesiastes 3.1, it says that, that God, um, God makes different seasons all under heavens, right? What does it say? There's a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. That our life is full of seasons. And it also says in Ecclesiastes 3.11... Um, read it. He has made everything beautiful in his time or his timing. He has also set eternity in the human heart, yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to the end. So I want to ask you a question. If you're not content, which is okay, I haven't been content most of my life, and even there's times now, even though I am in a relationship, which I'm going to get to in a little bit, that I'm not even content in that right now. Not saying I don't want to be in that relationship, but you always want what you don't have, right? You're in college, you want to be graduating. Do you want to have that job? When you're in that job, do you want to have a better job or a higher job? Or do you want to have that freedom and flexibility that you had in college? There's so many times that we're never content with what we have and who we have because we're always looking for the next thing. Can anyone relate to that? Paul, can you relate to that, bro? Yeah? I know I can. But do we trust that we are perfectly and wonderfully in process? We are perfectly and wonderfully in process. That Jake Cerny, you're right where you're meant to be in the season that you're in. And that God is teaching you things in this season that you couldn't learn in any other season of your life. And I like to propose a question and a challenge that instead of not being content, what if we started to celebrate the season that we're in? celebrate the season of singleness or dating or for brad hart to celebrate the season of being married to a beautiful wife and having four little kids because one day they're going to be grown up and out of your house (laughs) i know you don't want to think about that (laughs) but celebrating even though it's chaotic right now and they're all running around you know and one day they're going to be grown up what if we embrace the season that we're in um i want to share this uh find it. Did I lose my place? Oh, I think I did. Uh, I want to share a scripture from Philippians where talks, where Paul talks about this. Um, Philippians chapter 4 verse uh, 10 says this, 
I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you have renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you have been concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. And here it is, guys. I'm not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. <coughs> Sorry. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I've learned, listen to this, I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do everything through him who gives me strength. Wow. He says, I have learned the secret of being content in every situation. And he proceeds with, I can do anything through him who gives me strength. I wonder if he's also saying there, I can do everything through him, Christ, who gives me my identity. Through Christ, who gives me that affirmation that I need. Through Christ, who gives me that hope. Who Christ, who gives me that security. Who Christ, who fills me up on the inside. It helps me be comfortable in my own skin. To help me know who I am. Because I promise you, what I've learned in all my years of singleness, because after I went on the world race, I stayed single for two years, not even thinking, I mean, I did get a little cru some crushes here or there, but I didn't think about them, I didn't chase them, and I ch actively chose to be single for two years. I don't know what, what's up with the number two, because for two years, I didn't think about dating, and for two years, I didn't drink any alcohol. But I, I was so far... On this end of the spectrum, God had to wean me off some things. And I had to find out that I was okay with him and with me. I had to just be okay with Ryan Otto. Have you ever met someone, and, and please excuse me if this has been you, I don't mean it, no offense, but have you ever met someone that's been in a relationship literally their whole life or multiple relationships? Like, I would just encourage you, if that's you, I mean, not if it's been with one person, amen, hopefully you marry that person, but if you've been in and out of relationships your whole life, I would just challenge you, take a semester and don't date. Just take a semester off. Just literally, like, focus on you and focus on God. Get to know yourself. Like, go on a date with God. It sounds weird. Go and, and, and do something just with you and him. Like, this can even happen with friend groups. Sometimes we can attach, this happened to me in high school, I attached my identity so much with my friend group. When my friend group wasn't there, like, I didn't know what to do with myself. I just didn't know how to have fun and live life with me. And on the other end, if you were like me and you're afraid to date, that you've never dated before, I would encourage you, put yourself out there. Maybe it's time to knock on the door and take a couple of risks. And maybe you're going to get rejected and there's going to be no, but one day you, there might be a yes. And until you put yourself out there, you'll never know. Because I was paralyzed in that fear after I was hurt after seventh grade for a long, long time. And even though I look back, I think God protected me from things, I also missed out on a lot of awesome opportunities and memories. So again, kind of like when we looked at is it okay to drink or not, there's not a, a right answer. Yes, be single. Yes, date. <laughs> yes, get married. I think for each person, that's between you and God to figure out. But the thing that I want to propose is, will you be content and embrace the season that you're in? The season of singleness or the season of dating? Because here's the thing. If you're single, one day you probably are going to be in a relationship. 
And people used to tell me this all the time. Oh, Ryan, enjoy your singleness. Enjoy it. You know, you'll wish you had it back. And I would be like, shut up, dude. No, I won't. You know, like, that's easy for you to say you're married with all these kids, you know. Like, um, but like, and I, and I don't wish I would have that back. I'm in an amazing relationship. But there are times where like, you know, you just need that time with God, and you need that time with you, and you just want to veg out, and, and, and when you have someone in your life, even though I'm not married, hopefully I'm on that road, but I've talked to a lot of married couples, like Brad Hart being an amazing husband and man of God that he is, and others, and you, it's never just you and God anymore. It's a marriage of three. It's you, God, and your spouse. And then bring kids into it, and the picture even gets more, you know, then you had a business or whatever. There's a lot of people you got to think about. But God comes first, your wife comes second, and your kids come third. And so embrace the season you're in. Enjoy it. Don't remember the thief, the enemy comes to lie, kill, destroy, Michael Sacco. He doesn't want you to enjoy the season that you're in. He wants you to be chasing after something that you can't get right now. But there's actually lessons that God wants to teach you and celebrate with you, Austin, in the season that you're in. And I promise you guys, if once I learned to be content where I was, then God starts opening doors and then things start happening. Because I'm not so desperate and in need of wanting it to happen. Isn't that amazing how things like that happen? You know, there's that verse where Jesus says, for those who try to save their life will lose it. But those who lose their life for me will save it. Like, that's just how the kingdom works sometimes, guys. Like, I think, you know, God wants to give us the desires of our hearts, but he wants us to delight in him first. And when we are truly content with him, he knows the desires of our hearts, and he wants to help us in that. So if you're single, have hope that it will happen in his timing and his way. And remember Ecclesiastes 3.11 that says, he makes everything beautiful in his timing. So I went to, on the world race, I was single for two years, I came back, I did mission work for two more years, and then I moved here when I was 29. <laughs> I came back from traveling, I've been blessed to go to about 20 or so countries, and I felt like God said, hey, I want you to move to Champaign, that's a crazy story in itself. Um, and so I moved here, I moved in with my aunt and uncle, lived in their basement, Got a job working at a horse farm, shoveling horse manure, <laughs> or, you know, at waking up at 4.30 in the morning, and uh, I interned at the church. Talk about being humbled as a 29-year-old. Um, but I listened to God, thankfully. And uh, then I got an opportunity to go back on the world race, and when I was on the world race, uh, I was going to go move to Africa with this awesome woman of God called Heidi Baker and her, min- her, her and her husband's ministry, and felt like God said, it's time to go home. And I said, well, where's home, God? Is that Ohio? Kind of felt like I was supposed to move to Nashville at one point. Is that back to Georgia? And I felt like I said, go back to Champaign. I said, Champaign? What's in Champaign, you know? And then literally a week later, uh, the church reached out to me and wanted to, want, felt like God was leading them to hire me as the new college pastor. So I moved here uh, at 30 years old. Uh, hadn't had really been in a relationship, honestly, guys, since probably in seventh grade. There was a little thing in sophomore year, and oh, yeah, those, you know, couple things in seminary, but it was never Facebook official, so I don't really count that. You know, you know what I'm talking about. It, it can't be real, Aaron, you know, unless it's Facebook official, right? So, you know, it was only three weeks, so I'm not going to include count that. So I, I move here, and um, obviously, you know, would love to be married and have a family, but man, just going after the Lord. And finally, it was the first time in my life where I, I honestly wasn't, wasn't looking 
for, for someone. Um, something kind of hard had, had happened shortly right after I moved here, and I was just like, honestly, I remember praying this prayer, like, God, I'm done. I'm done dating. Like, honestly, if you want me to be single, like, I, I'm just going to trust you in that. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm literally done. You know, I just kind of, I gave it up. I just give, I, I had been hurt too much. I, I had just, I was just tired of it. I was tired of it consuming me. Um, tired of the hope of always that now it might be timing. Now you might meet her, you know, and I'm just, I'm just, I'm done, Lord. I truly surrendered it to him. And then uh, when I least expected it, um, I met an, an amazing girl, and uh, she's here. Her name's Mary Jane, and uh, we actually, <laughs> yeah, give her a round of applause. I did ask for her permission to share this, so, um, but uh, we met actually at a live, and, um, you know, I, uh, uh, we just st started an awesome friendship. Uh, she came with Ryan Tucker and some of the other FCA people, and she had an amazing relationship with God already. And, uh, you know, we just kind of developed a great friendship, not only I had with her, but with, with all that group. And um, I slowly noticed after a couple months uh, some feelings to develop. I remember right away, like literally rushing into my boss's office, uh, Mike and Julie, and literally thinking like, all right, well, it's been a good run, but I'm about to get fired because I'm about to tell them I have feelings for someone who's a college student and I'm a college pastor, and that's jacked up. Um, being serious, uh, you can ask Brad Hart, because I called him probably crying, like, dude, how did this happen to me? Um, uh, and so literally, I went in there, I'm like, guys, I need to talk to you. Um, this was, yeah, this was two years ago. And um, I was like, hey, she doesn't know. I haven't acted on it or anything, but I need to be honest with you. I've developed feelings uh, for someone in a live. And literally was ready for them to be like, you know, shame on you. Like, that's terrible. Like, get out. <laughs> like, and they were like, okay, well, tell us about it, you know. And I kind of just told them the story. And um, they were like, well, right, you know, we wouldn't encourage this, but also we don't want to put God in a box. And if these feelings are legit and from God, she is an adult. It's not like you're a youth pastor. And uh, we want to be here with you to pray through this. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Well, I said that. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Shelby, why do you let me say that? <laughs> And so, hey, this, thank you for being laughing. I've actually never shared this, like, in a group like this. And I'm, I'm thankful, I'm proud to, excited to, but this is a little vulnerable for me. So um, thanks for having Grace. But um, so, yeah, like, they were like, hey, we want to be here with you. Just pray through it, you know. And I had a plan. I was, I was just going to pray through it for the next uh, couple months and just see what happens. I wasn't going to act on it or tell her. So I started praying, and God started speaking. And you guys know that God is a God of signs and wonders, right? Amen. And if you don't know that, I would just encourage you, when you have decisions to make, uh, just truly ask him to speak to you. It's biblical. There's many stories in the Bible. I'm going to share one tonight, one of my favorite stories in, in Scripture with it. But God loves to show up in amazing ways that confirm when you're with, supposed to be with someone and you're not. And you guys know he opens doors that no person can shut, and he shuts doors that no person can open. Do you believe that? Well, that, that, that's happened in my life. Um, and so I told them how I felt, and um, so I started praying, and over the next six months, I prayed for this, for this amazing person. Um, 
And I was just like, Lord, I remember working at game day. Where's Gabe Jones at? He works there. If he's still in here. Did he leave? I hope he didn't. He's playing drums. Oh, there he is. <laughs> um, and, man, I remember working there one day, and it was probably like three months after I told my boss, and it was like a Monday morning. I was working there part-time as I was a college pastor. And I'm just like having these, these feelings are just growing. You know when you like someone and the feelings just start to grow and grow and grow. And you're like, I can't take it anymore. I got to tell them or I don't want these things because they're driving me nuts, you know. And so I'm literally in this store hashing it out with God. Thankfully, no one else was in there. My boss is back in his office, but there is cameras in the store. And I just literally in the middle of the store just get on my knees. And I'm like, Lord, just take these feelings away from me. I don't want them anymore. Like, if these are from you, you have to confirm it because this is just, this is crazy. I'm older than her. I'm a college pastor. This is just wrong. Like, this can't be from you, God. And I was literally just crying out to him like, God, literally, I was crying. <laughs> and I'm like, God, please show me if this is from you. Like, speak literally lightning from heaven in a way that only you can. And a guy's walking out, and he's like, I'm peacing out right now. <laughs> Just joking, man. Thanks for coming. <laughs> um, <laughs> I just made that really awkward for you. I apologize. <laughs> Hopefully he's smiling. <laughs> um, <laughs> probably shouldn't have said that. Sorry, Mariah. <laughs> um, but so I'm like, I'm, I'm praying, and I'm just like, Lord, I, I just need to hear you. So I go in the bathroom, and I, you know, try to wipe the tears away so my boss doesn't think this 30-year-old employee is crying on the floor. Um, <laughs> true story. And, um, and I'm like, hey, Corey, can I go across the street? I got I to gotta ship something from FedEx. And I really, I'm like, I just need some air to get out. I did need to ship something. But um, so I go across the street literally five minutes from, from this prayer. And uh, I walk out of the store, and I, my head's down, and again, I'm just depressed and just confused. I'm like, God, why did you give me these feelings for this person? Like, why? And I, oh, I look up, and I hear a voice, and it says, oh, my gosh, is that Ryan Otto? And I look up, and I see Mary Jane. First time, I kid you not, first time I had ever seen her on campus. Like, with, besides, like, at Alive. Like, randomly, first time ever on Green Street. I walk up, and then my jaw just, like, drops. I'm just like, <laughs> like, like, and she's like, uh, hi, are you okay? I'm like, uh, yeah. And, I, and I'm, like, trying not to cry, and my jaw is just like, like, I'm just looking at her, and I love her version of it because she's thinking in her head, like, she just found out she was, she was injured from gymnastics and wasn't going to be able to compete the rest of the season, and she's, like, emotional, and she's looking at me. She's like, why is this guy just looking at me with his jaw open, you know? And I'm just like, oh, my gosh. And so, like, I try to be as not awkward as I can, but you know me. I was pretty awkward. And Gabe's like, amen. <laughs> and so then I, I we, 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 you know, talk, and you know, hug, I'm just trying to comfort, you know, trying to support her and encourage her for her injury and not let, let her know that I like her, and you guys always know how that goes, and so then I walk away, and it was this so cool of a moment with God, it was almost like from a movie, and I felt like the Lord said so clearly, well, he's like, Ryan, will you begin to trust yourself? And it was so clearly, it wasn't an audible voice of God, but it was so clearly, guys. And I just felt like I saw this, like, and you hear my heart, you know, like, 
this picture of like me being at our parents' house, like, hey, what do you want to eat? You know, and you open a fridge or what, what kind of car do you want? Like, what do you want? Will you trust yourself that you want good things? Because for so much part of my life and in my faith walk with God, I was like, God, tell me what you want me to do. I'm not going if you're not there. I'm not doing this if you're not there. Because I just made so many wrong decisions in my life. And I was scared. I was paralyzed of getting hurt again. And then on the other end of the spectrum, I was scared of hurting someone else. I was scared of getting it wrong. I wanted to be in God's perfect and goodwill. I, want, I believed in that soulmate thing, you know, and there was one person for you, which I don't believe anymore. But <laughs> I believe there is God's best for you, though. I do believe there is God's best for you. I believe God can use a lot of good people to make it work and ha have something amazing, but I do believe there is God's best. Um, and so he just said, will you begin to trust yourself? And will you begin to believe that I trust you? And that wrecked me, guys. That wrecked me. And so I kept praying for the next six months, and God continued to confirm things. I'll share one other story that's so cool, and we have, we have a lot more, but I, I don't have time to share all of them. So, you know, maybe we can talk later if you want to hear them. Um, but I remember one other time, like a month later, I got home. And uh, I was home, I got home, it might have been after a live or something, and, and I was just kind of sad, like, gosh, God, like, I still like her, she doesn't know, like, I know I randomly saw her outside of a store, but, like, I believe that could be you, but do you guys know the story of Gideon when he's like, Lord, if this is of you, I'm going to put a fleece out, you know, overnight, and there's going to be dew on the fleece, but not in the grass, and then that happened, and then he's like, all right, God, let me ask again, this time let there be dew on the grass and not the fleece. Well, I was kind of like Gideon on steroids with this. Like, I was like, Lord, I know you spoke and moved, but I need something else. <laughs> Have you ever been there? Like, I need another confirmation. He's, he's probably like, gosh. He's like, Holy Spirit, will you go help this kid out? Because this kid is whacked out. <laughs> and so I remember I got home, and I remember just getting on my knees. And I was like, Lord, like, gosh, I like her so much. I think it's from you, but I'm just scared. I'm unsure. Can you please just give me another sign? Please just give me one more sign. And I kid you guys not. I kid you not. It's crazy. I get a Snapchat from MJ like a minute later. And we don't Snapchat. I'm still new to the Snapchat game at this point in my life, right? And you know how you guys can do those face swaps? She face swapped my, her face on me and said, half Ryan Otto, half Mary Jane Horth. Like question mark, laugh out loud. And I'm just like, what? Oh my gosh. Like, like who does that? Like, who said, who does that to someone randomly? And then who says that? Michael Sacco, you know what I'm talking about. If that happened to you, you would be tripping out, right? Like, dude, that would, that was crazy. And that, she's blushing right now a little bit. <laughs> and then I even asked her, like, telling that story, I'm like, why'd you do that? She's like, I don't know. She's like, I never do that to people. It was so weird. I just randomly thought it'd be funny. And I'm like, Holy Spirit works in amazing ways. But it was just little things like that. That confirmed, I felt like the Lord was like, Ryan, I'm directing you. I'm with you. So my plan wasn't to tell her for two years uh, while she was graduating the next year, but I didn't know if I would tell her after she would graduate grad school because I really just believed, like, hey, I, it wouldn't be right for me to be with her, being a college pastor, her being in college. And um, she ended up finding out from someone, and it was a kind of a, a hard thing, but God used it to work through it and, and created an amazing blessing out of it. And um, ended up getting awesome confirmations and 
the blessing from her parents and the blessing from my pastors happened die and my family and our family. And it's just been this beautiful, amazing story that God has written and still is writing. And so we've been dating, um, what, 14 months now? Got that right? <laughs> um, and uh, it's been so cool. And she's been, honestly, the first real relationship that I've been in. And I've learned so much. There has been tests. You will be tested. There has been setbacks. We have, you know, even though I, I believe that God has brought her into my life to, to marry and that I want that, there has been times of doubt. There has been times of struggle. Um, many of you at times have been there for us through that. And, uh, but God has taught both of us so much through it. He has sharpened us and he's made us better people and truly, I believe, closer to him because she's in my life. If you know her at all, she, she anchors me well. She's a woman of peace and joy. She doesn't let a lot bother her, you know, and me, I'm just kind of all over the place, you know, and so we, we, we equal each other out. I used to want to be with someone that was exactly like me. I thought that would be so fun. I realized that would be a train wreck for me. <laughs> Like, that would be terrible. Like, we would be all over the place. Like, you know, so there is wisdom in finding someone that equals you out a little bit. As iron sharpens iron, they help you. Um, but ultimately, if you're single or you're dating or you're in a relationship and you're trying to wonder, is this the person I'm meant to marry? I, wanna, I just want to share a couple things. I, I'm kind of rambled a little bit, but that has helped me. One Think about one day, if you are in a relationship or even thinking about someone you're praying about, when you have kids one day, what kind of mother or father are they going to be to your kids? What kind of advice are they going to give your teenage girl one day when she starts asking about boys? She might look great or he might look great. They might be cool and fun, but who are they on the inside? And ultimately, are they friends with you? Do you love being around them? Do you love doing things? I can truly say next to Jesus, sorry, Kundai, but Mary Jane is my best friend. <laughs> um, you know, I, I, I love to hang out with her. I love to spend time with her. I mean, nine out of time, 10 times, I'm going to choose to hang out with her rather than anyone else just because she brings me that life, you know? Um, and, and, I, and, and that's the way it should be with our spouses or, or, or the people we're dating or the people we're hanging out with. I always dreamed of being great friends with them, and we were great friends before we started dating. And if you're praying about someone or liking someone, start hanging out with them in a group. We never hung out one-on-one. -on -one. We were always hung out as a group, um, you know, and hang out as a group, get to know each other. Um, I, I think, too, guys, not too fast, but... You can be open about how you feel with them. I think women, they can correct me if I'm wrong, but admire that if you are open and say, hey, I think you're really cool. I would love to get to know you more, you know, so that they're not always guessing. I, I see some girls nodding, so thank you for that. <laughs> but guys, step up, own it. Hey, you're, you're going to get denied a little bit, but that's what living's about, right? Live life. I was always afraid of getting rejected. But you know what? You'll get rejected, but when you find the one who doesn't reject you, it's going to be even make it that much more sweeter. And, and, and when you do get rejected, guys and girls, it's going to happen. That's just an opportunity to reaffirm and realign yourself in Christ. That someone else doesn't define you, but he defines you. Because even when you are in that relationship or are married, Brad could tell you, if David Denalton here, he could probably tell you too, and Anna, I can't see if he's here, but they're married. <laughs> um, you know, even your spouses are going to let you down at times. They are. But do we get that affirmation and identity in Christ? So again, 
There isn't a season of, it's not better to be single or better to be married. It talks about the, the importance of both in scripture. But are you embracing what season you're in? And guys, are you celebrating what season you're in? Are you being in your life? Be you. Live your life. Be in it. Don't try to live someone else's life. I've done that. Don't try to be where someone else is at. Be where you're at. Enjoy this. Enjoy it and watch when you're chasing after Christ and you're running after him. When you least expect it, someone's going to show up right by your side. And you'll be like, oh, hey, who are you? You're pretty cute. And they're, and they're, running, at, they're running after Jesus. They're running after Jesus. And then it's just amazing. Again, he makes all things beautiful in his timing. Enjoy your life. Be in it. I just want to share this one scripture, and then um, we're going to actually call up two awesome men of God, and I'm going to interview them and ask them a couple questions. But I love, have you guys ever read Genesis chapter 24, the story of Isaac and Rebecca? It's, if you, all the girls in the house, and maybe some guys like me, Michael, I know you're one, Tuck, you too. Re, hey, let's just be real, recognize is real. Uh, we're, we're romantics. Hey, girls will like it one time when they're ready, or when you're ready. <laughs> all right, shut up, Ryan. Just keep talking. <laughs> Genesis chapter 24 is probably the coolest and most romantic love story in the Bible. I love it. I love it. If you haven't read this, go home and read it tonight. I'm just going to kind of storytell some of it. It would be so cool if they make a movie out of it. But um, So uh, Isaac, um, Isaac is, wait, yep. Who's his dad? I just blanked. Who's Isaac's dad? Abraham, thank you. I was going to say Jacob. I'm like, Jacob's not his dad. I just blanked on that. I promise I would read the Bible and like it. I just had a brain fart. <laughs> um, so Abraham, um, Abraham, I, when God called him to leave his country, to leave his people, you know, so Isaac is old enough now to have a wife. And so Abraham goes to his most trusted servant and says, I want you to travel back. I don't want Isaac to marry one of these crazy people that we're with right now. I want him to marry someone from our family line, from our bloodline. They did that back then, so don't be weirded out by that. Um, so he, he's like, how will I know? How will I know who she is? And he says, trust that the Lord will direct you and guide you. He will give you a sign to help you know. And then he's like, well, how, how will I know she'll come back with me? You know, how will I know she believes me? There's all this fear. But they pray and they trust that God's going to be with them. So he goes off to this, this land and he finally gets there, right? And he sees this like watering hole where people are coming to get water. And, and he gets down on his knees and he says this. Um, he says, Then the, mad the man bowed down and worshiped the Lord, saying, Praise be to the Lord, the God of my master, my master Abraham, who has not abandoned his kindness and faithfulness to me. As for me, the Lord has led me on the journey to the house of the master's relatives. So he's at this watering hole, and he sees this, this girl, right? And he, he sees a bunch of ladies. And he gets down, and he prays, like, God, give me a sign that only you can so I know who she is. And so it might sound funny, but he's like, hey, when I see this girl, I'm going to ask her for water, and from the one that's from you is going to say, yes, I'll give you water, and I'll also water your camel. <laughs> True story. You can read it in here. 
And so whatever reason, I didn't do the historical context, but that must have been a big thing. That must have been a thing that not everyone asked, you know. So maybe that would have been like us, you know, hey, can I have a ride? Sure, and I'll just give you my car. Like, I don't know. It was probably something significant, okay. That would be a big thing. So, so he goes there. The first woman he sees, he says, hey, can I have some water? And she says, sure, and I'll, and, and I'll give you some for your camel. And he starts freaking out. He's like, oh, my gosh. So he tells her who he is. And she says then, out of all the people, this woman is named Rebecca, and it's Abraham's brother's daughter. Check that. Abraham's brother's daughter, which is actually kind of weird because that's her cousin. (laughs) But that's what they were looking for back, back then. They wanted to marry someone from the family. So put yourself in that story. He out of, travels to this crazy long land. He asks the Lord to guide him, direct him. Give me a sign, Lord. And then he does this sign. The Lord speaks. And then he meets Rebecca. Rebecca then takes this servant home. And the servant, he tells her parents. And they're blown away. And then he gets that fear. Like, well, is she going to even want to come with me? Is she going to even want to, is she going to even believe that I'm telling the right story, that I'm being honest? And the story goes that she did want to go, but I'm not sure if the dad wanted her to go. Imagine if you were that girl's dad. Would you have let her go? How would you have felt? And so I just want to read this, and it says this. Uh, I'm going to start. um, Gosh, I lost my place. Sorry. All right, I'm just going to start at verse 40. He replied, the Lord before whom I have walked will send his angel with you and will make your journey a success so that you can get a wife for my son and for my own clan and for my father's family. Then, then, you, then you will go to my clan and you will be released from my oath. Even if they refuse to give her to you, you will be released from my oath. When I come to the spring today, I said, O Lord, God of my master Abraham, if you will please grant success for the journey on which I have come. See, I'm standing beside this spring. If a maiden comes out to draw water and I say to her, please let me drink a a little water from your jar. And if she says to me, drink, and I'll draw water for your camel too. Let her be the one that that the Lord has chosen for my master's son. See, he's crazy too. Just like me, getting on my knees asking for a sign at game day. (laughs) Um, Before I finished praying from my heart, Rebecca came out with her jar and her shoulder. She went down in the spring and drew water, and I said to her, please give me a drink. She quickly lowered her jar from her shoulder and said, drink, and I'll water your camel too. So I drank, and she watered the camel also. I asked her, whose daughter are you? She said, the daughter of Bethel, son of Nahar, uh, whom Micah bore to him, which is Abraham's brother. Then I put the ring in her nose and the bracelets on her arms, and I bowed down and worshiped the Lord. I praised the Lord, the God my master Abraham, who had led me on the right road to to get the granddaughter of my master's brother for his son. Now, if you will show me kindness and faithfulness to my master, tell me. And if not, tell me so I may know which way to turn. Laban and, and Bethuel answered, this is from the Lord. We can say nothing. To, to one one or the other. Here is Rebecca. Take her and go. Let her become the wife of your master's son as the Lord has directed. Wow. I know that's a lot of scripture and maybe hard to understand, but the essence of this is the Lord directs us. The Lord makes amazing things happen, and he promises to guide us and to lead us in our journey. 
So be where you're at and trust that God will guide you. And when you think you maybe have found that special person, ask for God to confirm that. Ask for God to show you their heart. Ask for God to to give you that peace and give you signs that he's with you and, and that this is the person that you're meant to spend your life with. Because ultimately, it's what you think God wants for you, and it's ultimately your choice. And that's what true, that's what you, you're going to always fall back on when things get rough later in life. That you chose her, or you chose him, and that you believe God led you together. And I think those two things can get you through a lot. Um, I love how the story goes. He brings Rebecca back, and it says instantly, Isaac loved her. And you guys know that then Isaac and Rebecca had Jacob. Um, And then Jacob and Rachel had Joseph, and the lineage goes on through having Jesus. So God works in amazing ways. Don't put him in a box. Pray to him. Trust that God is a God who speaks. If you're single, embrace it. Enjoy it. Ask him what he wants to teach you through this. If you're dating and and you're in a relationship that you think is from him, then, then press into that. Grow together. Ask him to teach you guys and to show you, is this relationship for just this season or for marriage? And hopefully it's pointing to marriage. If, it's, if, if you're in a relationship that you're not sure is from God, ask God to show you that as well. Ask him to close doors that he wants closed and to keep doors open that he wants open. He's a God that directs us and guides us. It's, it's throughout all of scripture. And I promise if you open your heart to him, he will show you. So... At this time, I'd love to call up Kundai and Joshua. Um, can we give them a round of applause as they come up? Um, and we, uh, I wanted to just ask these guys a couple questions. Sorry we're going so late tonight. Um, but Joshua is in an awesome season of um, being single. Oh, I need to give you my, your mic, my bad. Um, Joshua is in a season of being single, and Kundai is in a season of being in a relationship. And so I thought it would be really cool just to kind of ask these guys a couple questions um, because, again, there's not one season that's better than the other. And I thought it would be really cool just for you guys to share your hearts and what God has taught you in each of the seasons that you're in. Um, So... Number one, let's just ask this. What is a growth point and a most celebrated aspect of the season that you're in right now, Joshua, and being single? Um, well, it's uh, actually it's been really fun because, uh, one, I am Brian's intern. I'm also being a coach. Um, honestly, just to know that we always hear about being a, you know, you're righteous in God's eyes. You're right with God. But within me, I didn't feel like I was righteous. And... Um, that's something I really have grown into, the stewarding, understanding what it is to be a son and a brother, uh, but also someday being a father. Um, I had to admit that I had a lot of world culture within me uh, where everything I did was based on a condition. Um, and I had to uproot that and come into those private invitations the Holy Spirit was always giving me. Um, I've learned about time management. Uh, I've learned about how to um, really value the people as precious gifts, each relationship, because I didn't do that. Um, and that is something that's like, oh, you're ongoing. I'm currently on that right now. But I really didn't value women the way I should value women. And I definitely didn't value my brothers the way I should. Um, so right now, it's just, uh, I've grown into just being more humble, um, very uh, honoring and stuff. You'll hear me say the words, um, can I be honest with you? <laughs> um, it's, a, it's an ongoing joke with everybody. 
Uh, really what that aspect, I kind of touched base on that is because it's what the Lord said to me, Joshua, I want you to give, to grow up in the honor I've given you so you can give that away. So when I say, can I be honest with you, it's me showing you honor because I know he has honor for you yeah. and I want to come to agreement to that. So, so you're kind of investing in yourself Amen. and you're kind of taking some perspectives that you had mm-hmm. and kind of letting the Lord redefine that in Amen. this season. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Cool. Kundai, what's one thing that you've most grown from and celebrated in your season of being in a relationship? Before I answer that question, right, I just want to make a point that, guys, how good was that message? Amen. Like, that was dynamite, right? That was awesome. That's something else I wanted to point out. Was anyone else wondering how long would it take for Ryan to get out of his chair? (laughs) (laughs) It was was hard for me to stay in here. Being sick helped a little bit. (laughs) Awesome. Well, hey, to answer your question, biggest growth point for me. So as um, hopefully many of you know, possibly many of you know, I am dating the lovely, most beautiful lady I've ever met, Abby Ann. Sorry, guys. I won the lottery. The best woman ever. And um, yeah, currently, so currently we're in a long-distance relationship. And so she's currently starting abroad in Spain. And so the biggest growth point for me in this, particularly as we've started dating and this dating season, has been time management. Um, I found that, so I have... My life got really complex, I think, since we started dating. I just recently graduated school, and I started working my first full-time job, started my first relationship that I believed was from the Lord, um, was now uh, helping out as a coach and alive, had diff- many layers where my life got a lot more complex. And so learning of what to commit my time to, prioritizing how I spend my time, and being comfortable, I live with some amazing roommates, and one thing that I found myself growing and being comfortable, like getting home and why in the chat with them? I'm like, no, nope, I'm going to do this instead. I'm going to work on my, this assignment. I'm going to submit this. I'm going to talk to my family. So prioritizing my time has been a big thing that's been a growth area for me. And making plenty of time to chat with abs. That's awesome. So you're kind of, need to, you need to be more um, kind of detailed with your time because you know you have that time with God. But you also need to make that time with Abby Ann, with your roommates, with your job. But you also know she's, she's very important. So that's cool. Um, Kundai, I'll start with you. I know, I don't know about you, but when you, I kind of thought, when I'm in a relationship, then I'm going to be complete. Then I'll be content. But then you're in a relationship, you're like, oh, I want to be married. And then probably when you get married, you're like, oh, I want to have kids. Or it's always something else. How have you stayed content, especially with Abby Ann being away from you now, you know, across the ocean? Um, how have you been, stayed content in your season um, right now dating her? It has been a challenge. Very big challenge. Very, very big challenge. (laughs) But I think the biggest things for us, well, for me in this relationship has been, actually, I'll I'll share two things. So when we started dating on June the 16th, I made made a bracelet for it, and I made a bracelet for myself. And this bracelet was supposed to symbolize three things. So at the start of the bracelet, at the end of the bracelet, it's got the cross. And the cross was supposed to resemble that at the start of our relationship and at the end, like everything that we wanted to, our relationship to have was supposed to have Christ at the center. And then at the center of that place, you also have well, the tree of life. And in life, you always get to choose. And so what we've chosen, what I've chosen to pursue in this relationship is that we have four goals that we want our relationship to build off of. And that's connection, friendship, service, and support. And I think what's really helped us stay content is that I can be someone that looks up to other people and other things for like inspiration, for motivation, and that these are things that aren't found necessarily in people. Like I'm not, 
We're not looking at what does this person have, what does this couple have. We're looking at these goals that, for me, really was inspired from 1 Corinthians 13. Why it's a great picture of what love is and what love makes you feel like and the love that comes from the Lord. And so I think th- having those goals will be the first thing that I'd say has been very helpful for me to stay content. And also acknowledging and continuing to receive that the way I want to love her and the way I want to be in this relationship, I can't do that myself. Like that 1 Corinthians 13 love is the love that God has for us. And the only way I can love her that way is by receiving that love for myself first from the Lord. That's awesome, dude. And Joshua, how about you? How have you stayed content? In, and you've told me you're like, right, I'm just celebrating this yeah. season of singleness. And, I mean, I've, and honestly, I've never heard that before. And you've inspired yeah. me for that. So share us a little bit. Yeah, I actually, I be honest with you, I've been coming from a guy who has been in, um, as Ryan talked about, being those people that went from relationship to relationship to relationship. Um, that was a challenge for me. And I had to say, I don't want to do that because that's led me wrong. So one of my life verses is 1 Corinthians 13. But I had to learn that as a singleness aspect. It's like love is patient. Love is kind. But each day I had to confront myself in a celebrating way. Like Jesus told us that my grace is sufficient for you. Do not worry about tomorrow. Worry about today. So each day I had to learn more about who Joshua David is. And I didn't know that. I knew who everybody thought I was, but I didn't know who I was to him and who I was, you know, back and forth. I wasn't transparent here. So for me, being content was, though, I always, each day, I'm very transparent here. So I can be very transparent here. And I celebrate that because it's been able for me to meet people where they're at intentionally. And I value those relationships. And I celebrate that. Each person is uniquely who they are because I grow into that heart posture and I live from that. So I just enjoy it. To me, it's a, it's a new journey every day. Um, it can be challenging because I'm challenging. I'm going against lust saying, no, I don't want lust because based that's on a root of conditions. I want authentic, real agape love. Hmm. And that's something that I really cherish deeply. And that's where I get content. And that's why I celebrate that because then it helps me see you the way Jesus sees you. So you're kind of saying you, so. you were in a lot of relationships yeah. and you realized your relationships, even though they looked good on the outside, were mm-hmm. missing something. Yeah. And that you kind of had to draw back to come to home base mm-hmm. and kind of realize what, how do you have that first for yourself and from God so then that you can give that away to someone else. You have to confront. I had to confront things. I had to confront myself daily. You can't change something you don't confront. Um, and that is an ongoing aspect of things. And I had to get myself around people that were really good for me as good, accountable people. I had to be around spiritual parents. I had to be around people that were strong in the Lord. I had to get around hungry people that were hungry for righteousness. Um, because if you're around people that are not hungry for the Lord, then you're going to get hungry for what's in the world. And I had to make a choice. And life is based on a bunch of choices. Um, and for that, I just... Each day, I just had to go say, Lord, hey, what are we doing today? You know, uh, what's going on? You know, and I love spending my time with him. I delight in that because I know I'm loved, but delightment is something I really cherish each and every aspect of my life. So go ahead, brother. Yeah. Kundai, how is your, you were single for a long time. So how was the lessons you learned in your singleness in your relationship with Jesus? How have you seen that um, kind of bless you and help, help prepare you for your relationship to Abby Ann now? 
Yeah, so to give you guys a quick snapshot of my story, um, so I'm originally from Zimbabwe, and I came here for college in 2013 at the age of 19. And it was slightly, it was about two months before coming to college. That was the last time I was in a relationship. And so I came to college. A big part of why I came to here to the U of I was because of the Vineyard Church. It's a fun story that any of you want to hear. I'd love to uh, share that with you at some point. And so I came here, met the Spirit, started walking in the Spirit, and I think <laughs> a lot of cool stuff and truths really started getting cemented in, in the four years that I spent as a college student. And mainly, so building a vibrant relationship with Jesus where my Christianity moved from being something that I did, that was like what I needed to do, to being the most life-giving part of me. That, like literally, we're to places, as if like at work, I have this problem at work. I've had um, some issues with some of my uh, coworkers and actually had a kind of a warning of it that, telling people about Jesus, where if you had met me before I came to college, like I had never had that problem. Like you didn't, I didn't had an issue of trying to tell people about Jesus. And so building that vibrant relationship with the Lord was something that was really cemented in my time being single and also learning to self-differentiate myself, which is something that's been pretty fresh at towards the end of my college time of learning like who I am and who other people are and letting them be themselves. I think that's been very helpful that for any of you that may know Abby Ann, she's a very powerful woman and being able like, to celebrate like who she is and know that that's how God's made her, wow. God's made me differently and we can partner up. Not her trying to become like me or me trying to become like her, but us partnering together. Wow, that's good. That's good. Damn. Yeah, and, and so I guess I would just ask you both this one last thing. Um, Joshua, what would be one thing to all the single people out there that you'd want them to know that you've learned in this season? Ooh. <laughs> Come find me afterwards. We can talk more. But um, one thing. Honestly, that um, every day you get to see more who you are in the Lord. But also every day you learn how much you're loved and how you can love others the way he loves. And I think that when you meet each person where they're at, and you are allowing yourself to meet them or that, they will naturally open up to you so you can walk together. And that's some, um, I got to learn that yesterday with some lovely ladies, uh, Lacey and Chanel and uh, Grace uh, for the outreach. That was something that was really powerful for me, getting to meet those ladies where they are. And that was something I've been really growing into is knowing women and knowing their hearts and being intentional mm. and being as friends. And that's yeah. something that I do thrive very yeah. every day for. So those aspects, not every relationship, yeah. but especially for the opposite sex. Yeah. Really know more about Some, Something that Joshua and I both do, we've never even talked about, we call every girl almost sister. And we do that, I know I do that on purpose and Amen. intentionally because we want to see each of you as our sister in Christ. Yeah. Someone else once said this to me, he said, treat every woman like they're your best friend's wife. Amen. Because they are someone's wife in this life. And most of all, they're, they're your, your, our father's daughter. And that really opened my eyes. I was like, whoa. Kundai, anyone who is in a relationship or wants to be in a relationship, what advice would you share? I want to pause to get everyone's attention for this one. <laughs> yeah, I'll say this. Um, from what you guys may have heard earlier, I, people may think that, oh, they have such an amazing relationship and there's so many cool things that I can learn and get from them. And hopefully they are, and I believe that they are, and that they'll continue to be. But I'll say one, 
the one biggest advice that I would give for people that are in a relationship or considering a relationship is this. I think that when it comes to love, feelings, and emotions, your judgment can, and I'd say most likely will, get cloudy when it comes to making decisions, when it comes to making choices. And so my advice to you would be, if you're in a relationship or you're considering being in a relationship, is that make that relationship an open relationship. Make that relationship something where you have your close friends. I just encourage you, like, have close friends and make those close friends tell you the truth. Don't just ask for their opinion. Like, tell them that I want the truth. I want the truth of what you think, even if it may hurt my feelings, even if it may not be what I want to hear. I'm telling you, they will help you. Well, I would like to call it like when you're googly eyes and you're not seeing straight. Like, they will help you discern what's good and what's not in that season. Yeah, that it kind of, what's that saying? It takes a village to raise a, a child. That I feel like when we're in relationships, we, we need to have that group accountability that we're not going at it alone, you know? That people know what you're going through. They can be there for you, that you have that support system. So, cool. Can, can we give it up for Joshua and Kundai? Sweet. So, I'm going to um, put my bro, Brad Hart, on the spot. Of course I am. I do every time you're here, right? But could we, could we call Brad up in the band? Can you guys come up, please? Um, yeah. And, you know, Brad's an awesome mentor to me, but uh, I, I believe he's a part of this ministry. He works on campus, is an amazing photography business. So if you ever need photography, make sure you hit him up. But um, he's also just an amazing husband. He has four kiddos at home. And I don't know, dude, I know a little bit about your story. You've been there for me and mine. And I just felt like it would almost be uh, silly of me not to ask for you to share a key that God has given you um, in kind of your, your life and your journey through, uh, through falling in love with Katie and being where you're at now. Yeah, I guess while he thinks about this, I'll just, I'll just, <laughs> I'll just ask, ask you guys this as we end. Do you trust and believe that you're perfectly in process and where you're meant to be? And maybe you haven't met your spouse yet because you're not ready, but also because they might not be ready. And trust that he makes all things come together and work in his timing and his way. And when you're surrendered to him and you're chasing after him, it's just going to come together like a puzzle piece. You might have to risk. You might have to knock on that door. But you won't have to force that door to be opened. So. So I did, I did have a thought when you, were, when you were talking. And you were talking about how um, some, sometimes, like, it, the Bible talks about how it's good to be single. It's good to be married. And I remember um, the, the thing that, that came to mind was that. Um, Paul actually says for you people who are single, like, like this should be like reassuring to you in this yeah. season, but Paul actually says it's better to be not married. And I actually kind of get this because I'm a, I'm a, uh, I go after stuff really hard. And when you, when you become married or you guys know if you're in a relationship, you go a, a little slower and it's not a bad thing. It's just something that, that happens as a result of you're involving another human being in your life and your direction now is something that's joined together. And I remember there were times where I got a lot more done when I was single, um, but I couldn't go quite as far because I needed someone who could come alongside me and pick me up when I got down. 
And uh, so I would say in this time of being single, I think something that you said was really poignant was that you discover who you are and as quickly as you can get to the stuff that, that God has been in your heart for while you're single, run after it as hard as you can, take risks, go after stuff. And then you'll be so much better positioned that when someone comes alongside of you, that you guys can go after something incredible and great. Don't spend this time spinning your wheels, but go after the things of God. Go after the stuff that he's putting you to do and putting you to put out into the world. You aren't here for nothing. Like he's got stuff that he wants you to accomplish and push forth into the world. And um, so that's what I would say. Um, Paul actually says it's better to not, but, um, but I see the amazing stuff that there is when, when you do have someone. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, and then God also, that's the best I got. Yeah. That's good, man. Last minute. Yeah. And God also says it's not good for a person to be alone. So the Bible gives us both, both kind of ends of the spectrum, both sides of the coin. And I think what Paul is saying in your season of singleness, use it, go after God and trust that if you're meant to be married, it'll happen. But be content, be at peace where you're at. So I want to do something. If anyone is in a relationship, would you just have the courage to stand up right now? You just stand up. And maybe if your your person is with you, you can hold their hand. If they're not, that's okay too. And I would just love to to pray pray a prayer over you real quick. So if you feel comfortable, um, hold the person's hand next to you if that is your boyfriend or girlfriend. If it's not, just maybe hold your hands out. And God, I just thank you for for these people that are in a relationship right now, God. I thank you that I believe they're all here because you are important in their lives. So I'm going to go out on a limb and say, God, that you had something to do with bringing them together. I don't know if all of them will be married to the person that they're with right now. But God, I do pray for a supernatural peace for you to show them if this is the, uh, the husband or the wife that you have for them, God, I pray for a peace that you will show them that this is who you've brought into their lives. And God, if it isn't, I pray that you give them a peace to show them that as well. I thank you, God, that you open doors, that you bring people together. And ultimately, you know a person by their spirit. You know a person by their fruit. And show them in the relationship that they're in Is that bringing them closer to you, Jesus, or are they a stumbling block? So I thank you, God, for these people in a relationship, and I pray that it's not a relationship just with the person next to them, but it's a relationship with them and you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thanks, guys. All right, now anyone who's single, can you guys please stand up? You guys are all looking around right now, being like, oh, is there anyone cute in the room? <laughs> Ben's like, can I, am I going to get to hold the person's hand next to me? No, I'm just <laughs> All right, will you guys hold your hands out, please? God, I thank you for my brothers and my sisters. I thank you for this season of singleness that they're in, God. I pray that they would celebrate it, God, that they would be in it, that they would run after you and fall in love with you more than they ever have. God, that their cup will be so filled that when you bring that special person in their life, that they will be ready. But even though that person will love them and they'll love them back, they'll they'll never compare to the love that they have with you. So God, fill their hearts, pursue them, even the guys, 
like they've never been pursued, pursue the women in a way that no guy could ever pursue her. And Father, I pray that when they meet that person, they will know if it's from you by how that much they, that person loves you. They'll almost sense it. Be like, whoa, I know that kind of love because I have that love with you, Father. Give them signs and wonders as you have to MJ and I, and you, as you have to, to Rebecca and Isaac, and you have throughout all of Scripture, God. Let us seek you. Let us pray for you. Let us, let, let us need you to guide us. <laughs> it can be like a roller coaster when you're wondering, do they like me back? But trust me. Tr let us trust you, God, that you guide us, that you direct us, and that you're with us. Give us peace to be content in where we are. And I do. I pray right now for their future spouses, if that's your will and their decision. And I pray in your timing and your way, you lead them together. I pray for many marriages that come out of alive, God, many alive weddings. But God, in your timing and your way, and I pray that they would meet while they're running after you. That it would just happen. And that they know that they're perfectly and wonderfully in process. In Jesus' name.
Breathe you in. 
Sing with your voice. 
goes when MJ found out how I felt um, she was a little freaked out at first and uh, we were good friends and we met for coffee and um, we just started talking about everything and she said man well I'm going home for Georgia and I'm just gonna just gonna pray for a while but I just want to be friends with you and I honored that and you know again I wasn't planning on telling her but she found out and so we were at this weird spot where either of us really wanted to be. <laughs> and uh, the end of the year for Alive came, and um, a bunch of the leaders got together and prayed about what to give me, and they wanted to give me this key. 
a giving key. And they prayed about what to put on this giving key, and they felt like the Lord said, put believe on there. And it, it meant so much to me, and I, I wore this key, and MJ ended up texting me the next day. I was speaking at church, and she's like, hey, I'm praying for you, um, and I, I want you to know God's with you. And I kind of joked around and said, I know God's with me because I got my believe key on. And then she sent me a picture with her face. This time, her jaw was dropped. <laughs> and... Um, See that the day before, she started asking God for signs. She said, God, I don't really have these feelings for this old guy, but <laughs> uh, if this is from you, Lord, I, I don't want to miss out on something great from you, even though it might look different than what I had thought. So please show me and speak to me in a way that only you can. And her teammate, who doesn't know me or didn't know me at all, uh, ended up giving her a necklace too. The, the, the day before I got mine. And it was the same exact key with the same exact word on it that said believe. And uh, we don't want to just say, then she jumped on the boat and said, okay, I'm meant to marry Ryan because I got a key that said believe, but I think God started to open her eyes. And we both wear these keys now, and she has her own stories and went on her own journey of how God brought us together but I feel like I'm supposed to share that because it's not always easy to believe that the, a person loves you or most of all that God loves you. And sometimes it's not always easy to believe that you love yourself. But as we sing this song and we say that God will kick down any door that's in his way, he will search for us, he will fight for us. No matter where we're at, he will guide us and he's with us. Because there's a reckless love that he has for you over your life. Will we choose to believe that first for ourselves? So then when he brings us to the person that we're meant to marry, we can bring that to them. And if we're in that relationship right now and God's not fully at the center of it, I just want to say, fight for it. Fight for it because you will be tested. We are tested in that. Fight for it because I promise when you let him be the lover of your heart and you love him with that, the love that you have for each other will grow abundantly. You'll be tempted to cross boundaries and you won't even want to. You'll look at it and be like, no, that's a gift that we're meant to have in marriage. I'm not gonna let the enemy steal that. You're gonna be able to help people and your relationship and your friendship will go deeper than anything physical ever could. Anything physical. So God, I pray right now this reckless love over our lives, if we're in a relationship or not. And as the band sings this over one more time, let this truth go deeper. And let us receive this reckless love that you have for us. So that one day, when we're in a marriage, when we have kids and in this life, we'll be able to share that love with every person that you bring into our lives, God. And we're perfectly and wonderfully in process we say we will find our contentness, our trust, our joy, and our meaning, not in what we do, not in who we're with, but who you are in us, with us, and through us.
so I hope you had a great night tonight and that you can just go home and really ponder what we learned today. So um, just a reminder that next week will be encounter night, so it'll be at the church, but there will still be buses here to take you over if you don't have a car. So Lord, I pray that you'll just bless them and that they'll just have a great week. We love you all and thank you for coming. Have a great night.